Fritolinos, the first cereal made for Italians. It comes in three delicious flavors, cannoli, biscotti, and lasagna. And every box comes with a surprise, a gold chain and an anger issue. This cereal is so good you'll be wearing a velvet jumpsuit in no time. So go to guidolinos.com for subscriptions and boxing options. That's guidolinos.com. It's Guidolinos. Hey, I'm eating here. Veterans with Benefits is proud to partner with Omni Consumer Products to bring you the first energy drink for the LGBTQ community. When you need a pick-me-up for the day-to-day grind and feel fabulous, reach for a Gatorade. It's delicious hot or cold. It goes both ways. Gatorade is the only energy drink that has real honest-to-God glitter in the can. You're definitely going to want to swallow this stuff. Gatorade comes in three fabulous flavors. Rainbow Raspberry, They Them Tropical Punch, and Lesbian Lemon Lime. So go out to the store and grab a Gatorade today and visit Gatorade.com. That's G-A-Y-D-O-R-A-D-E.com. Then go delete your browser history. Here's a hot take. Joe Rogan, <clears throat> not funny. His show's cool. I love watching, I love listening to the podcast. But as a stand-up, I don't think he's funny. And to prove me wrong, I dare anyone listening to this right now to tell me one of his jokes. Because I could tell you a million Dave Chappelle jokes, Chris Rock jokes, um, Mitch Hedberg jokes, Ronnie Dangerfield jokes. I can't think of one Joe Rogan joke. Trust me, you can't either. Yo, what up? What's going on, bud? Hey, man, nothing much. What's going on with you? How you been? Good, man. I missed you, man. When was the last hey, time we man. saw each other? A few years ago, right? When you were up here? That's right, man. Dang. What, almost four years ago? Yeah, dude. That was a hot minute. Yeah. How's it fam? Good, 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 good. So I see the boys getting big. Yeah, man, too big. It's that's summertime. What I, that's what I, I love about... in my house. That's that's one of the things I love about the military, man. Like, you know, we hadn't seen each other in a long time. You hit me up. You're like, yo, I'm going to be by your way. I'm like, get over here. Come over. Yeah. Man, big fact. You know what? When I was traveling, dude, like, that was that was one of the things I always tried to do. I always tried to find out who's at the next show site, and I try to go and uh, link up with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so let's start a little bit from the beginning. Um, tell everybody where you're from and shit. All right. Uh, so... Originally from uh, born in Meridian, Mississippi, moved to Mobile, Alabama, so I claim Mobile, real tight. Um, <laughs> that's kind of like my humble beginnings. And then uh, about a year after I graduated, I uh, was supposed to go to college. I was in college for about six months doing like Navy ROTC, but then I was like, you know, I don't want to do this military thing. It's kind of whack. So uh, me and my uh, my girlfriend at the time, wife now, we were dating. And so um, decided to move back home and, you know, she popped pregnant, and I was like, dang, you know, I really want to get my education, but now I got to be a dad. So, you know, uh, I started going to school, community college, to be an electrician, but that wasn't happening fast enough to be uh, sufficient. So I joined the military. Uh, that was back in December 2010. And then, uh, yeah, man, I went to tech school and ended up at Langley when I was supposed to go to Kadena, but then I got diverted due to EFMP. And so I uh, got orders to Langley. And honestly, I was like, what the hell is it, Langley? Like, what, what's Virginia? Where, where is Virginia? 
I could not <laughs> tell you where it was on the map. And yeah. uh, but I mean, when we got there, man, like the drive was beautiful, bridge, man, through the tunnel over the water. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm digging this. And uh, yeah, man, it was all she wrote after that. I, I was the same way when uh, I got to my first base. I was like, North Dakota, the fuck is North Dakota? <laughs> I was like, is that Canada? <laughs> you got, got up, I got up there, dude. I remember because I was like uh, back in, it was like November. So November in Philly, you know, it's it's not cold. It's, you know, you're wearing a hoodie, may, maybe. You know, yeah. I, I didn't even have a jacket on. I go outside and I get here in, in November and it's fucking snowing. It's like, you know, negative 10 out. I'm like outside smoking a cigarette, like freezing my balls off. What you know, just questioning, like, what the fuck did I do? Like, I know everyone has that. Everyone has that moment when they join the military, you know. And you join the military, you know, because you're yeah. about to have a family. You had, you know, like, sometimes, yeah. sometimes you got no, no choice. You got to man up and do something that's gonna, you know, work for your family, which you did. What you know, it sucks that you had yeah. to be in that position, but admirably, you did it. You know what I mean? It worked out. For sure. Yeah, you know, like you said, man, that, that moment where you're like, dang, what did I do? I think that was the moment I was on that bus and you had and you like step out. And right, for me, I stepped out and it was like pitch black dark. I think no, no, it was when I got to the airport. Like I was like all gung ho, I was hyped up. And then once you get to the airport in San Antonio, man, and uh and MTIs standing over there, then got half the uh the airport sitting on the ground, and then you realize that like that they're trainees, and so they kind of <laughs> like hit you. It's like, damn, this is it, ain't no turning back. You know, Yo, so like, I remember I remember sitting at that airport and I'm like, you know what? Maybe they'll just forget about me. Maybe they'll just like walk right <laughs> past me and <laughs> I'll have to find my way back home. <laughs> Maybe you could have been like, ah, you got the wrong person. I'm not supposed yeah. to be here. I just me and my nah, auntie. They ain't no rolling here. <laughs> so up, like man. I remember when you when you showed up, I mean, to me right away, you looked like uh, you know. You were high and tight like all the way. I'm like, oh man, this young dude, like he's gonna be PT, he ain't gonna be cheating on no helmets or nothing. <laughs> he's gonna be using all the yeah. TO steps. Damn. <laughs> man, listen, I I do I was man, I was just that was like the first time I like been away for a while in a in a context like that. So I was just trying to be on my P's and Q's, man, to be honest. So uh, I know, I know. I, 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 you know what? I, I would have felt bad if I, if I would have, you know, put like a, um, put my stank on you. You know what I mean? Like if you would, if you would have followed me, I would have felt bad because you're, you're such a nice guy. I, wanna, I wouldn't have wanted to do, done that to you. You know what I mean? If I showed, if I showed you the evil ways. Um, now, yeah. like, now, like, like, like dudes like Shuttleworth, he was down. I'm like, all right, Shuttleworth. <laughs> Here's what you're gonna do. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? I think out of the whole flight, I thought that uh, you know, Stray was the most radical. I was like, yo, this dude's out of control. But you know, the weird thing is, like, me and him had like the best relationship and like we were compatible up in the section, man. And uh, you know, I, I really leaned on him for a lot of like uh experience because you know, I really looked up to him, but it was crazy, man. Like, this dude was just wild. He said whatever he wanted to say, you know, and it was like, yo, somebody gonna check this. Like, what's up, this dude? But yeah. uh, man, he ended up being like you know one of my one of my best dudes that we that I click with. So yeah, I don't know, it's man. It's, it's interesting. Sometimes that, that chemistry just kind of works itself out, you know. Yeah, is Strayer still in? I don't know, man. Honestly, uh 
Dude, that's a good question. I haven't talked to him in a hot minute. I think, uh, I don't know. I saw some post about him, like, going back home. So I don't know if he got, like, PCS or or what. Yeah, Um, because I know he was from Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, He was from from Manassas. Yeah. Manassas. Man, you remember that? You remember that little? Remember that little trip we took, me and you? I forget what the hell we were doing. Mills on Wheels. Oh, was that it? Dude, it's probably Mills on Wheels. I don't know. We 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 drove to some weird ass town, and it was like far away from base. we and I remember we were like we were in a thrift shop or at one point or some shit. I forget what we were doing. I might have been skipping work. I remember like just took you along with me and shit. That sounds about right. I yeah, think we might have supposed to have been doing Mills on Wheels, but you know, you know how you yeah. are with that shenanigans. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> hey, you had you had the reputation of if anybody can find a way out of work, Spurman <laughs> can find a way out of work. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the guy right there. <laughs> I don't know, man. I can't even. I, I can't even think, man. I don't know. I dude, I think it was something like that because I remember um, the. Uh, I did Meals on Wheels one time with Belford, and I don't think I ever did it again because that time, you know, oh. it scared it scared the shit out of us. That's the one y'all you, was in the hood. Yep, you heard and that story. They had like a little the gunfight. Yeah, they stopped it after that, or changed the route. One of the two. Oh my god, dude. matter of fact, mean, I, yes, because after you guys got back, uh, y'all told Williams about it, and Sergeant Williams was like, I think he made a phone call. He was like, "Yo, we're not doing that anymore." And so I think the last time we did Meals on Wheels. Bro, I could see the white of their eyes. They were that close. Like, like all they all they had to do was turn to the right and start shooting. And me and Joey were Man. dead. Come on, son. You're from Philly, though. Like, is, is that not every day? No, but I'm saying, like, yo, it was, it was 11 in the afternoon, dude. I had, like, peach cobbler on my lap and shit. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? We, and we were on a one-way. It was a one-way street. There was nowhere to go. Oh, it's, not like we're, it's not like we were packing heat either. Yeah. Yeah, we I were mean, packing heat. True. It was fucking turkey and shit. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that somehow when it got delivered, the people started complaining saying that somebody was eating the meals. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of that shit's good, dude. <laughs> hey. Where's my own, man? Where's my cobbler? You didn't get one today. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you meet like the strangest people doing that though, man. And yeah, it'd be interesting experience. Yeah, but good times though. Good times. So, um, so where'd you go after Langley? Man, so I I was at about five years at Langley, and then I was just I was just ready to leave. I was ready to to go somewhere. Like I had made up my mind. I don't know what the hell I was gonna do, but I had made up my mind that I was not gonna be there uh, for six years. So I was like looking at AMS like daily, religiously, and uh, I found the uh, and the assignment popped up for like Fort Rucker. So I was like, oh man, let me do it for Rucker. So, I, you know, I, I, I reached out to the unit. Um, coincidentally, the guy that was supposed to be my sponsor at Kadena was also the superintendent down at Fort Rucker. So me and him got to chatting it up. And so, you know, I submitted for it, but they ended up picking somebody else. So I was, you know, I was a little bummed about it. But then um, another ad popped up for the Thunderbirds. And I was like, what the hell is the Thunderbirds? But I submitted anyways. I didn't know what it was. I just submitted anyways. I think Sergeant Matos was a superintendent at the time, and he was telling me a little bit about it. He said it was pretty high speed, and uh, you know I'd be a good fit for it. So I was like, okay, and I, I hit the button, and something you know gets me up out of here. And it's in Vegas, right? I'm with the Red Flex. So I was like, all right, Vegas is dope. And so uh, I put in for it, and man, like the stars aligned, you know, or just um, 
people that was down there, knew people that, uh, matter of fact, knew the FEO, the FEO knew the maintenance officer at the time. They went to the, uh, to the Air Force Academy together. And then uh, Sergeant Camacho had worked with the, uh, the flight chief that was down there at the time. So, um, man, oh, man. I, 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 miss, I miss Camacho. I got to hit up Camacho, man. I got to have him on the Dude, show. Dude, I love Camacho. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? He's been at every base I've been at, except Korea. But yeah. he's been to Korea. But still, I've been stationed at every assignment, even here in Charleston. Like he's here with me. Yeah, like it's Cam crazy. Camacho was such a yo. Camacho was such a good dude. He changed my brakes one time in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. After work at five o'clock, he's in the parking lot of the of the um, the 27, changing my brakes on my van. <laughs> I ain't surprised, man. Yeah. Like he live and thrive off that type of stuff, man. Yo, but ain't it yo? Ain't it a weird feeling when you get a new assignment and you see that rip coming? You're like mad, nervous, and shit. You're like, oh damn, it really worked. <laughs> hey, hey, it was man. It was so exciting. Dude, I was so happy. I was like, I'm about, finally about to get up out of here. And so, man, like, dude, I saw that rip for uh, that I got picked up. Uh, matter of fact, when I found out, I was actually um, TDY in Alaska, and I found out I got uh, picked up. And so, man, I was trying to do like early reporting everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I was trying to get a fight of that. So, uh, and that was that was a uh, 2016 when I joined uh, the team. And so, went down there, man. Did that for three years, and then um, I was called 50, so I was mandatory mover. I had the option to extend, but uh, I didn't want to stay there another year. So, um, I didn't want to stay at Nellis either. And so, I knew my code 50 was about to drop. So, the only logical thing I knew that would get me up out of there was put in for Korea. So, um, since I was already mandatory mover, I put in for Korea and ended up getting Osun. And uh, dude, that ended up turning out to be a really good assignment as well. I love and, Korea, um, dude. I love man, that country. I loved it. I was actually trying to go back. Um, but we had got a follow-on assignment to Kadena again. And freaking EFMP, dude, I swear to you, that's one of the most dysfunctional programs. Uh, if there is a dysfunctional program in the military, like that is the one at the top of the list. Expl like, that explain everybody that doesn't know that I have right, so many listeners. So explain that to them. Yeah, so – EFMP is exceptional family member program where uh, like if, you, if your your family has special needs, special medical needs, um, they try to work with you and put you at assignments that um, have the, the services to support that. Um, but the, the the aspect of it that I realized is that there's like three components to it. Uh, for what I understand, like there's a medical side of it, then there's like um, EFMP itself, uh, and then there's like uh, Amherst Family in Readiness. They have an EFMP portion. I'm sorry, assignments is the other portion of it. So Medical assignments, EFMP, and then uh, Amherst Family Readiness. And uh, coming out of Korea, man, it was just, like, difficult trying to, like, get Kadena to, like, get on board of what we actually needed. And honestly, it wasn't, like, medical service that was, like, uh, make or break. Like, we didn't have to have them. Uh, but for whatever reason, just organizations weren't talking. And, you know, somebody, I just felt like the medical portion of it didn't do their, like, didn't do, do their due diligence to actually find out if the areas uh, would support and so, I don't know. And then ended up getting diverted to uh, Charleston. So here I am now. Charleston's Charleston. a tiny place. I've been there once. I mean, it is. It's tiny, dude, but it's growing. I don't know how long ago it was when you get when you came here, but uh, dude, like it's it's growing, uh, population wise. Like the houses are growing up fast, and so uh, people are moving from like what I noticed is from like the north and coming down to Charleston, and they're just like buying up all these houses and properties, and man, like the Population has, has increased so much that the uh, the traffic wasn't able to catch up. So every, everywhere you go, man, it's almost like a bottleneck. 
But uh, man, it's, it's, like, it's, it's like that damn Br- Hampton Roads bridge, yo. Yeah, man. But it's like that. Every- Imagine that bridge everywhere, God everywhere damn. you go, man. Like I have anxiety. Matter of fact, when we first got here, probably not, probably just over a month, some clown on the interstate rear-ended us, and so ended up tolling out my car. And then not even a year later, another clown pulls out in front of us, and we totaled that car. So mm. man, it's just it's just been mad anxiety since I've been here, man. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I'm already ready to pull chocks, but you know it is what it is. How long you been in now? Man, let's see. Ooh, came in 2010. Twelve oh, years, right? I'm at eleven. I'm at eleven years now. Coming up on twelve. Okay, yeah. yeah. You a tech now? Man, I'm a master now. Are you a master? Damn, man, dude. they grow up so fast, dude. Man, <laughs> dude, I just I can't believe that, day. man. Damn, I know it's wild. Makes, I, makes, I can't believe makes, it either. That makes yeah. me proud, dude. That makes me yeah, that's cool, dude. Hey, me and me and Camacho met at the same time. Really? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah Master Camacho. I'm gonna hit him yeah. up after I'm gonna hit him up tonight. Yeah, I know he's yeah, quiet. Sure. I know he's quiet, but I'll get him to talk. Man, he's like he's looking at retirement right now. Hey, he'll he'll he's more open up these days. Yeah, 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 yeah. I needed I, dude, I he made Roman a sword one time. I'm like, man, make me a fucking sword, bro. Dude. It was pretty. It was sick. Yeah, I know that. Story. I know. Yeah. I saw it. I'm like, you made that in his garage. Damn, dope. Yeah. Hell, he built the damn uh, furnace to uh, whatever they call that thing to make the metal. Yeah. He man. built that whole damn thing too. The Mexicans can do anything they want, dude. They be hey, hooking man. it. They be hooking it up. <laughs> <laughs> he's like man, he. This. Me- he's like the Mexican. He's like the Mexican MacGyver, dude. <laughs> 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 Listen, he always says like if if you buy something, his his quote is always, "I can make that." Dude, I don't care what it is. He said he can make that. Yeah, yeah, Man, yeah. Jets, dude, he can make it. I don't know what the hell. I don't know why he think he could do that, but for whatever it is, he always said that he can make it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude. Yeah, it is what it is. But, so hey, uh, when it comes to Camacho, though, man, I don't put nothing past him. No, 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 no. So um, did being in the Thunderbirds, did that help you make master? Or did that help man. you make tech? All right. So, man, that's – all right, man. Listen, for three years, it was a lot. It was a lot going on in that three years, man, packed in there. So, I, I, like, I grew up a lot. I learned a lot um, for sure. I, I would probably say 100% it probably helped me out. You know, probably. I'm pretty sure it did. Um, so, let's see. So, I, I – uh, Joined it, um, did the thing, you know, and then year in, it was, it was hot tempo, man. It was a lot to like catch on at first, you know. They got their little isms, you know, that you learn about when you're in that there. Fucking but, uh, uniform, AFB, dude, was me. I couldn't yeah. do that uniform, though. Hey, man, it's it's all tailored, though. So, I mean, you know, if you got, you got a good frame for it. Used to, yeah. You fat now? I used to, man. You get fat? I, I ain't gonna say fat, but you know. <laughs> I'm a lot more healthy than I was, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, so you know, it's all like uh, custom fit to you. So there's like an actual tailor for the team, and you actually get tailored up and stuff. Uh, but um, yeah, so that's like a lot of you know stuff that you gotta like learn at first. And um, dude, it's a different beast, especially when it comes to like AFE, man. Like it's like next level. Like you're expected to know the answer to every question that they ask. And then the thing is, is that when you move, you move by way of like an itinerary. So you have to, like when you travel, right? And we go to show sites, you're given an itinerary. And on this itinerary, there's like certain times for events. 
you as AP, you got to know where you need to be. So you have to do like the calculations in your head and plan out everything accordingly. Um, so, you know, if it's a, or typically when you land, all right, all right, so I'm just going to laugh the whole week, right? So join the team, there's training season uh, at like between like November and uh, February. Uh, so there's training season. So new pilots coming in and then they're being trained up. Once the show season starts, <clears throat> um, you're traveling. So Wednesday is like a down day if you're traveling. Thursday, you're actually traveling. So if you're going to the East Coast from uh, from Vegas, you know, you're looking at like a four hour flight. So you're showing up about five o'clock in the morning to get on the C-17 or uh, C-130. And but hopefully C-17, C-130 sucks. Um, but you're flying, you know, to your destination. Once you land, right, you're already going through your itinerary. You're already plotting out what you got to do. And typically, we probably have about an hour as soon as, uh, as soon as the wheels hit the ground to get to our uh, facility, wherever that may be, and get our rental car, get all our equipment out the plane, and go and set up and prepare for a uh, fan flight. So you're doing like, uh, you know, your uh, fitting of the equipment. And then we also get qualified to do uh, teach EPT, so emergency parachute training. Typically, it's taught by SEER, um, but uh, we get that special uh, for that uh, context. So you got to do all that, take the gear out to the aircraft, crew chief set the gear up in the aircraft, and then the planes are arriving. So that's like a typical day that you show up. So you're there Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday are like the actual show days. Um, so as AFE, you're not too busy on those days, but Thursday and Fridays, man, you huffing it. And for when I first got there, it was only one AFE. Like you were the only AFE dude on the road. Oh, damn. I thought it was a whole shop. No, nah, dude, we were like three deep. But okay. I think before then, they, they, owned, they used to be two deep. But we were three deep, man. And so um, you were, and we were traveling one deep. So it's just you on the road. You got to get your car. And it's just you. You so AFE, dude. You know what I'm saying? So if you go down, ain't, no, ain't nobody else but you. You know? Damn. So you're doing that, man. And like I said, not only are you doing, like, um, fam flights, familiarization flights, right, where you're fitting up all these VIPs and celebrities and stuff to fly in the back seat, you're also having to... Um, get the gear ready for like the uh, the practice show, the rehearsals, um, and the air show, and all that. And you also got to do post flights, you know what I'm saying? And then you also got like your, uh, your gear that you got to tear down after the fan flight because you might have to use it the next day, you know? So, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, like everyone, that, yo, everyone listening that's AFE right now, you know, damn well, ain't nobody doing no post flights. You know that <laughs> shit. <laughs> you know, we put that helmet right back in that locker, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> So like in theory, right? In theory, that's how normally it, it, it would be sometimes, right? But like in this case where, you know, like there's no there's no post fighting on uh on their part. I mean, they don't post fight anyways, but yeah, yeah, in this case, on. like they don't really post fight, so it's like a trust, it's a trust system where like you know, they trust that you're so good at your job that when the gear goes out there, there's no issues. And you know, fortunately, you know, I hadn't hadn't had any uh, uh red balls. Uh, you know, maintenance issues um, for the air shows. So, like, because the thing is, it's pretty embarrassing when these dudes are taxing right in the middle of a show, you know what I'm saying? The whole crowd's right there, and they get in the aircraft, put their helmet on, and they they uh, they lock into the comms, and they mic don't work. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So it's like, I can't afford to, like, not not post-flight and not pre-flight. So, you know, I always double-check myself. But, uh, man, you're doing all that. You're coordinating all that. And then, like, on show day, you have to go and, first off, Okay, another aspect of AFE, besides your actual job, you're also a chauffeur. So you are responsible for locating the VIP tent because the officers have to go to the VIP tent 
to uh, meet and greet. So you also have to like go and pick them up, depending on the show site, right? You go and pick them up. And then you also have to navigate through the, through the crowd. So you have a 15 passenger van. Majority of the time at every show site, like 15 passenger van. And you have to go pick up the pilots and you got to drive through the daggone crowds, which can be a pain just to get them to the VIP tent to drop them off so they can do their thing. And then, you know, they do the air show and all that stuff. How many celebrities then, you meet? Man, I don't know, man. I, I lost count. It's Damn, who, who's the biggest celebrity you met? The biggest? I mean, it depends, man. Tell, I mean, tell me, tell me right. you fit T-Pain in a suit. Not T-Pain. <laughs> Not T-Pain. Matter of fact, we were supposed to get, uh, what's the dude's name? Short guy, comedian guy. Freaking Kevin Hart. He was supposed to do it one time. Oh, that would have been tough. He you. fell out. Yeah, he fell out. But I'll tell you this. So uh, Captain Marvel was one. Um, Captain Marvel, inner director, female director for that, that set. Let's see. Oh, dang. Um, Buzz Aldrin, right? Word? Uh, yeah, dude. That was pretty interesting. Um, let's see what it's. Chris Hadfield, you know, the dude who was like up in the space station playing the guitar, doing all the yeah. songs and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That dude, dude. Yeah, he was, he, dude, he was, he was pretty cool. Man, and let's see, dude. I don't, after that, man, it just kind of becomes a blur of country singers, NASCAR drivers. Damn. Man, you know I mean, it. Technically, technically, you're part of the MCU. That's what I'll be telling my kids. I mean, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> man, I mean, you're not wrong. You know what I'm saying? All right. So are you you want to know some funny behind the scenes? Yeah, yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. So if you if you guys like the Captain Marvel movie and like you go like uh watch the extra credits, like behind the scenes, make it of the movie type stuff. Bro, you're in the fucking uh, you're in go I, ahead. I, I haven't I haven't seen them, but there's a portion in there. Even at the, I think at the end of the movie, there's a portion. I don't know. Anyways. There's a portion on the DVD where, like, um, there's behind the scenes where, like, she's in Vegas and, like, we're fitting her up. I think there's a portion in there where, like, uh, there's, like, a video clip where she's getting fit up. Um, but when she, when she, when Captain, uh, Captain Marvel goes and flies, right, when she's uh, not in the actual movie, but behind the scenes, when Brie Larson, she goes and gets in the jet, right, and she's flying, there's a GoPro in there, and the GoPro normally captures the footage, right? So this is protocol. Well, for whatever reason, uh, we ended up getting like a new GoPro camera. And so I guess like the people that were supposed to be working it, like it's not AFE equipment, okay? Yeah. So it's not our responsibility, but the people who put it in there weren't familiar with it because it was new. So they thought it was like the same controls as the older one. Um, but when I was up there checking, you know, all the connections and stuff, they were like, hey, camera on. so, you know, I turned the camera on. Oh, what I thought I turned the camera on, which I did, but little did we know that it actually, instead of actually like recording the flight it was actually taking like snap snap pictures so when you go and um you know you watch those the the extra credits and stuff you know and it's supposed to be like her in the cockpit it's only like photos but you know they they um compiled it in a way to where it's just you know almost looked like it flows together but it's kind of choppy so um it's because of that reason it was supposed to be on video so you know that was a that was a big deal because yeah, it was a, yeah, a, yeah. a missed moment for media you know we kind of um kind of mess up on that one but That's anyway cool. Fun fact on that. It's cool, but you know, they tried to I feel like you know tried to come at me, but I was like, hey fam, I ain't signed off on it. It ain't in my training record. So uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying? it ain't AP equipment. So I ain't, I ain't trying to hear that. I just did what you told me to do. You know, it's like it's just like me. If I was like, all right, buckle in they, you know, they O2 hose. And if the O2 hose don't get connected, then it's like, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah, I get yeah. the blame for it because I'm the you know the specialist. But anyways, man, so um, you know, you asked the question about like, you know, did it help me make masks? So, um, man, we had a lot of leadership change. About the second year in, going into the third year, we had a lot of leadership change. And so, um, um, 
a void was opened up to where I stepped into uh, basically running the AFI. And so um, that was a big, a big shooter field and a lot of responsibility with that. So um, I think that set me up, uh, you know, for the simple fact that we had like two promotion statements uh, coming up out of there. I got one of them and uh, maintenance personnel got the other one. So, I mean, you know, you're going through, the, you know, you go to the boards because when I came through, when I tested for master, you know, uh, they did away with the test. And so it was just board. So when I went to the board, you know, the fact that like, first off, you get selected to like a, uh, a very highly uh, selective organization, very competitive. And then not only that, but you come out of there with, you know, one of the highest promotion rates, I mean, uh, promotion uh, statements. And it's kind of almost like a, a no brainer, you know, given. So, um, yeah, man, it was a lot of, a lot of heartache and pain. But That's it tight, was though, you know, the worst, worst and best experiences of my life. So, yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I'll be honest, man. Um, towards the end, I just wanted to get out. I, I just like, I was just done with the military, like just, just the military itself. Yeah. But if I knew now what I know then or whatever the fuck, how that goes, um, bro, I'd be doing my 20 as a staff. I would staff the shit out of that yeah. fucking 20 years. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be riding there for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, bro, they be making statues of me too. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, man, get it how you live. That's how I feel. Yeah. Get it how you live. That's what's I'll up. I'd be a fucking urban man, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna legend, man. Hey, they're gonna start naming builders after you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's okay. what's up, man. Yeah. Perfect was a staff for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to give him. We, we tried to hey. give him tech. He didn't want it. <laughs> Listen, they gonna put you in the PDG. That's what would have happened. Yeah. They put you in the PDG. <laughs> yo, I yo, okay, back in the day when we were survival, I was in the PDG. There was a picture of me in it. <laughs> what? Dude. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Look, hey, you a living legend, man. It's an yeah. honor. It's I think honor. I I think I was hiding something. <laughs> I think they stopped the picture. I was putting a screwdriver in someone else. <laughs> hey, players up in the yeah. uh, Raptors. That's what you was doing. That wasn't me. I'll tell you hey. what, that was not me. <laughs> That was not me. I know I, I know who it was. I ain't no rat. But yo, and I know they're listening right now. I know you are listening hey, right now. We did that. I know, hey, I know who it is too, but we ain't gonna say nothing. No, nah, we ain't gonna say nothing. Man, seven <laughs> the 70 worst. Man, I'll tell you what. Langley Air Force up, Base. Is that even yeah, squadron man. anymore? They don't, I think they got away with that, didn't they? So you know, they went T-38s, but then um, that's right, and they ended right. it back up now. They stood it back up again as an active unit. Okay, okay. Yeah, man, because, you know, after, uh, after the hurricane uh, down in Tyndall, um, some, of those, some of those units got assigned or some of those aircrafts got pushed up to Langley. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dang. Hey, man, so how them patches? You remember the patches I got made for you out there in Korea? Oh, yeah, yeah. You that know, was that, tight. That was, like, that was, like, one of the most oddest requests. I know, I know, I know. I was like... Why but everybody asks where man? I got them. I'm like, I'm like, I can't tell you, man. <laughs> like, I got, I got, I got a boy that knows how to do this, that kind hey, of shit. I was like, he revving, man. I was like, man, this poster job must be legit. Oh, I love I it. Like, he about to come out here with a whole Letterman jacket. You know, what bro. Saying? If you would have, yo, oh on, my, on. oh my god, if you would have made me a Letterman jacket, I'd be rocking that shit. Like the early two thousands and shit. I'm out there, man. You ready? <laughs> I had him for the low. You could have let your boy know. I know, I know, but yeah, saying, man. man. So like, you got you got nine years left, man. You you still got some, you still got a big chunk of time, but you're on the downhill now. Yeah, man. So I'm actually, uh, you know, uh, you know, that's how I look at it. I'm on the downhill, man. I'm actually like thinking, 
like retirement at this point, like trying to set myself up. Uh, yeah, dude, you'll be my age when you retire. Man, probably. I'm 41. Oh, damn, you old. Damn, um, dude, yeah. <laughs> On my show and shit, call hey, me man, old. You know what? 40 <laughs> young, though, to be honest, man. 40 really yeah, young. Even I look 50, good. I see 50 as being young. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I will be, man. And so, like, I, I'm thinking, like, I was actually talking to uh, one of my financial advisors, dude, and I was like, all right, man, like, I've been trying to like think like I don't I know for a fact I don't want like after, after the military I don't want to work for somebody like I feel comfortable working for myself you know what I'm saying like the I like the comfort of like calling my own shots coming when I come and leave when I leave yeah so it's like you know what do I do you know my granddad got a whole bunch of land in Mississippi but I know I ain't trying to go back to the south so I don't know man I don't know man but that's the only thing they ain't making no more is land man facts I feel like I, land I'd get my like name on that shit real estate. For real, no, for real, yeah, man. Up. Camacho about buying land in New York. He's trying to get me to buy land in New York. I say, like, I ain't never been in New York, man. I don't know what's up there. Nah, I mean, it, maybe if it's like upstate New York or something, but damn. Well, that's what he's saying. Away from the city. But, yeah, I well, I think Camacho is from the Catskills or something. I know, like I remember him telling me Pete, somewhere where yeah. he's from. And he's yo, Pete, isn't Camacho dude. funny? Like he's like nine ethnicities. I think he was telling me one time. He's like what? He was like, what he told me one time he was like nine ethnicities. <laughs> I think he, he was like, I'm part German, I'm Mexican, I'm Irish. Man, um, with Camacho, ain't no telling. I actually yeah. met, so he has some family that lives out here. And uh, I, dude, I like, when he tell me he got family, I don't even like try to like assume I know what the ethnicity is going to be. Because they just be random. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to get today. I mean. What is Camacho? That's the real question. Exactly, dude. Yeah, I mean, when you look him? at him, he just—he's like a—he's an enigma, dude. I don't know how he dude. got to the Air Force. Man, hey, were you man. were you at Langley when Chris Robinson was there? So I was there uh, toward the end of his reign. So, so you didn't he, really get to know him. I didn't get to know him, but I knew of him through everybody else. You know what? You're man, a better man. Like, You're man, a better gotta, man for gotta, it. Listen, I was like, but part of me was like, I really want to the stories are true. Trust me, they're I think, all true. I, I think the whole time I was at the uh, the main shop, I think he was up at the uh, the twenty seventh. So I had I had a couple encounters with him. Yeah, I caught him eating cereal out of one of the helmets. See what? Yeah, dude. And so and that's the thing, man. Like the stories just be so crazy that I'm like, ain't no way, ain't no way. It's like ain't no way that like people be like this, like yeah. living their lives all wild. I talk about him all the time on, on on these episodes, and I always I always uh, describe him as if Tyrone Biggums somehow got himself a uniform and got onto an Air Force base, this was Chris <laughs> Robinson. <laughs> Nobody questioned it; they were just like, "Whatever." He's another cog. He's another cog in the wheel. <laughs> Give him a screwdriver. I bet you people would pay to see a reality show with him. I would. I'm trying to get him dude. on this show, dude. I'm trying to get my ratings he up. He ain't trying. He ain't biting. Bro, he's off the grid. He ain't got no social media. Nobody's no seen way. him. Yeah. I don't know what he's doing, dude. The last time, the last doing? piece of information I got on Chris Robinson. Everybody listening, if you know Chris Robinson from Virginia Beach, Virginia, <laughs> you have him message me or you message me his fucking phone number. Like, he... The last time I saw him, he got, he had some prostitutes. He had enough money to make one business card for the prostitutes. Oh, yes. So that that was like the end of his paradigm was like this whole escort business gig. He was so excited about. 
Yeah. yeah. Like, how can you? How are you going to advertise that in at the squadron? Like, nah, dude. Like, you got to keep that to yourself, man. <laughs> hey, man, it's easy clientele. What you yeah, talking about? Yeah, we got pilots you in the back. I'm talking about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why you laughing? Hey, it's, it's something out there that may be interesting. I'm just saying. He might. He's under a pier somewhere, dude. I don't know what he's doing. Dude, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah, I'm. I'm like seventy down. thirty on him sleeping in a tent right now. He don't know what the hey. fuck's going on. He could be working for the cartel, man. He, he might have started the coronavirus. Him. We don't know. Possibly. Hey, maybe he was a test subject, though. You know? <laughs> yeah, he, he's patient. Like the zero. black community, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like a sample of the black community. That's one of In 30 years, he's going to be like the original like uh, Tuskegee. <laughs> but for the corona. <laughs> Jeez, man. That's what's up, though, man. Uh, yeah. Good times. So, Good times. um... So what are you looking at uh, right now to getting out of there? Man, I don't know. I got, like I said, I got, I got also on, on, on the books again. Uh, I've been trying to reach out to go to Kunsan, man. Kunsan's fun. I was there. Well, I'm trying to take the family. Oh you yeah, know, that's true. That's true. You know they let family at Osan now. Oh yeah. And they're actually yeah. trying to. They're actually trying to make it. Uh, trying to hopefully they're trying to transition it. Uh, last I was there, it was talking about transitioning it from like a remote base. Like a remote to, uh, control remote to, to like an actual like you know overseas assignment. That'd be so, tight. dude, like if you went back now, you probably would not recognize this said. Even like for the year that I was there, it was like night and day difference of like six months of yeah. how much progress that they made in construction that they did on the set. Like they got rid of a lot of bars and they started putting like actual stores there, so they're making it a lot more like family friendly. You know what I remember about uh, Korea, dude? That um, I never seen before in my life. No homeless huh. people. Do you remember seeing homeless people? I I was in Kunsan. You know I never what? saw I never saw a homeless dude in Kunsan. Or no, Osan. You might be on you might be onto something. But at the same time too, like I wonder if there's just like a certain area that's like not monitored. Yeah, they just like all accumulate too. Maybe you know? they're just hiding them, like you know, like you know how we're like in Disneyland. Just fucking up and they just throw them under the Disneyland. They see they see Americans come out, shut that motherfucker in the door. <laughs> Dude, I wouldn't be surprised, man. Hey, man, listen, Korea's dope. All right, a lot of people. I sleep love on it. Korea. Yeah, they, I loved it. Dude, a lot of people sleep on Korea. Even even like these young airmen, man. I be trying to tell them. They be like, oh, you know, I want to, I want a PCS. I want a PCS. Like people don't realize, like Korea is like one of the. Uh, number one location that that's like a mandatory man, like they have to have bodies in Korea. Yeah. And so I be trying to tell these airmen, man, if they want to get out, man, go to Korea, and it's a good experience. Why? Because you get outside, you know, uh, the American culture, you get to experience something different, and it's it's so eye opening. And then like the people are super nice, the the country itself is beautiful. It's cheap, transportation is so easy and very affordable that you really don't even have to have a car. But man, nah. there's so much to do there too, man, for family. It's crazy. I mean, Kunsan, everyone had a bike. There was a million bikes on that fucking base. That's all everyone had was bikes. Mm. That's how I, I got around electric. the whole year. Hey. I was I was riding a fucking bike. Technology advanced, man. We was over there with electric scooters. No, oh, damn. We started a, hey, we started a scooter gang, man. I'm oh, you guys are rolling deep and shit. You had your hey, jerseys on and everything. Indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Just believe. Yo, but so you, know you never crazy, you, you oh God, good. Well, I was going to say that, uh, you know, it was COVID introduced like a, a interesting dynamic for being over there because, oh, so. uh, you know, we we were we weren't really too impacted like everybody else was. Um, dude, honestly, we didn't even like 
miss a flight. Like we were still like generating operations, dude. Like it was crazy. Everybody else was like, like the support squad in FSS, everybody but like maintenance and operations, dude, ooh, still working. Everybody else was like taking weeks off or separating whatever the case. Nah, they was like, nah, is, we need dude. y'all. Yeah, we need y'all here. Uh, we need to get these jets in there. So I probably had like maybe one week that technically one week that we really were in the shops because we had to like split up everybody, right? Just in case somebody caught COVID. Bro, but you know, I I never yeah. caught COVID. I never got it. And I worked. I, mean, I worked I every it. day. I never got uh, time off from work. <laughs> I worked every day on COVID. COVID was just a Tuesday to me. <laughs> Man, when it first popped off, like, all right, so they was like, all right, we can't leave base, or get like screened when you came back in. But then it got to a point where like we could not leave base. So yeah. you could only leave base if you were going to like another military institute. So they call it bubble to bubble. But on base though, I mean, you know, it was like nothing changed. You couldn't go out base off, you know, all the uh, the events shifted to the E-Club. And so, you know, <clears throat> E-Club Yo, became like the new club. It got to a point where like when, you know, when people got COVID, you know, you had to be all, you had to be out of work for two weeks. It got to a point where it was like, I wanted COVID. I'm like, yo, I want some leave too, man. Like, damn. I'm trying to get that COVID vacation real quick. Man, for real. Hey, when it mattered, I could not catch it for nothing. You know yeah. Like, hey, let me I'm just good. get cough or something. I got hey. tiger blood, dude. I don't know. I don't get sick, so. I got to pretend like I'm sick. Up, man, I just, I'm not a home, I'm not too much of a homebody. So that's why it's like, all right, man, I want to be at work. I'm gonna do something productive. Yeah, true. But true. man, it was it was different though. It was it was interesting, man. Yeah. Matter of fact, I was on mid tour, dude. Oh, I was damn. on mid tour when it happened, and I was supposed to fly back American Airlines, and uh, the U.S. started shutting down flights, and I was like, "Damn, I got to get back to Korea." So I had to fly rotator, man. I flew up to uh, Seattle last minute. I had to fly to Seattle, and you talking about a packed USO. Oh my goodness, dude! I've never seen so many military members in the U.S. I've been to that. I've and been then, to that USO. Yeah. yeah, is it always packed? Is it always packed, or is it just? Yup, yup, it was, dude. I had to fight man. a guy for a bunk. Dude, wild son. It was I'm talking like that bitch. We overflowed out of the USO into like a whole different like conference room. That's how packed it was, Dang. and people were like, you know, sleeping in the hallway on bags, yeah, fighting over a peanut butter sandwich and shit. Yeah, peanut butter, jam, crackers, you know what I'm saying? Crumbs, <laughs> like bologna sandwiches, spam cans. How you, you gonna take two bags of like, chips, my dude? That's two bags. <laughs> two bags, man. But and then don't even offer. But yeah. so I had to sit, I had to, I had to like ride as like with a bystander, man. I had to like wait to everybody else that was priority got seats and then, you know, uh, and I was none uh what is it, space safe, space availability. So I was waiting for a seat to open up. So I finally got on the plane, right? We get to the gate. It's about four hours, by the way. They started uh, checking people's bags at like three o'clock in the morning. Three o'clock, bro. I was sitting up three, four hours from three in the morning to about, I don't know, six, seven o'clock. So anyways, get to the gate. And then, and they said that everybody that was army personnel could not fly. Like the army had put like a travel ban and they could not move. So I was like, sucks for you. Man, we got on that plane. I had extra seat, extra space. Man, we had extra food. Dude, I was living a life, son. I didn't care about first class. <laughs> this, was, this was it right here. So man, um, but yeah, man, dude, it was it was interesting, man. It was it was rough for, for a hot minute. But you know what? I will say something about Korea. Other than that, I loved it. I I love Korea ninety nine point nine percent, except this one yeah. thing in Korea. 
Yo, them fucking public buses stank, dude. Come on. You know they stank. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? They fucking stank. Hey, you know, I didn't I didn't believe it at first, right? They talk about how like, you know, there's this 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 smell that some of them may have, right? The little kimchi smell or whatnot. Yeah. I mean I mean for the most part, I mean it's kinda like that. If you go to like the rural areas, it's like that, but honestly, man, I avoided I avoided the city buses. If I didn't have to take it, I didn't take it. Yeah. I just rather take the train and just try. You know what, man? Like like People smell different, man. You know it. You know it. And I know it. Yeah. Big facts. I mean, big I facts, I dude. Can't you can't. Let me tell you. There was a dude on the train one time in Korea, and I'm sitting out with my with with, uh, with some friends, and I'm smelling something. Yo, did somebody like poop themselves? Like I can't figure it out. Like you know poop when you smell poop. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and this wasn't like dog poop on somebody's shoes. This was like actual like human fecal matter that I'm, I'm I'm smelling like I know the stench and I could not figure it out for the life of me dude I look over and so I start scanning everybody and I look over this dude standing up holding a pole and his pants are stained and you can see like yeah like khaki pants of all things and it was like running down his leg mm. running down his leg dude and it was like on the freaking train people like we left we went to a different cart because people just couldn't stand stand the smell and then probably by like the second stop after that, uh, after dude got off, they come on with it like a cleaning crew. It was, man, it was some wild stuff, man. That was yeah. just one of them, but but anyways. Yeah. So, uh, yo, let me ask you something funny real quick. Now, if I were to give you like, <laughs> if I were to give you know, if I say say we're on a game show, and I blind and I don't blindfold you, but I you know I I I walk you into four different houses. Okay. Now, would you be able to tell me? What kind of people live in those houses? If there was no pictures, but just the shit in their house, like if it was like a black family, like a Chinese family, a Puerto Rican family, or a white family, <laughs> would you know? I would. I think, man, you know, I'm. Be, I like, I like culture. I'm big on. That's culture, what I'm saying. So I like I'm it saying, too. Like, I think I like so, man. Walking, I, I, I like walking to other people's houses just to see their shit. I think. You know so. what I mean? Yeah, I think so. But I tell you what, though, first time I see a roach, I'm... yeah, that that would don't, don't walk, don't walk me up to nobody's <laughs> house. Don't walk me up with nobody, Hazzy. I think I just came up with a good-ass idea, dude, for a game show. (laughs) I'm listening. Could you guess the ethnicity? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, first place, I'm going to be like, let me see the kitchen. Let me see the kitchen. Yeah. But there's too many Vaseline bottles over there. (laughs) (laughs) There's ain't no Chinese people in there. We know who that is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Yo. Before we wrap this up, uh, I got a, a bonus round of questions for you. All right. Oh, nice. So, all right. So, so answer to your best ability, okay? Okay. All right, pick, pick one of these: Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. Netflix. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, they got some pretty dope documentaries. Name me a food you can't live without. Pizza. Got pizza? to have pizza, man. Dude, I okay. crave it like if I. Listen, if I go more than three days without pizza, it feels like I haven't had it in more than a month. It's weird. You get down you get down with uh with pineapple pizza? Man, yes, I do. So do I, dude. I love it. Listen. Yes, indeed. You know where you need to go? You need to go down to the Jersey Shore and get a slice of white. All right. A slice of white pizza is gonna change your fucking life, dude. That's what they call it. A slice of yeah. white? Yeah. Okay. Jersey Shore. Don't, don't, too don't think me. it's not weird. All right. Um, 
what was your Can favorite? All American, please. <laughs> yeah. AKA the white. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, you got to You got to really. You got to really pronounce the W. The white. Can I get the white pizza? <laughs> And you got them, and you got them white ass teeth. So you could be like, white. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What was your What was your favorite toy growing up? Oh dang! So I had this uh, this Barney teddy bear. Damn, dude, you young as Every, fuck. Barney. Everywhere I went, man, I had this Barney teddy bear. That's when I was little. But okay, other than okay. that, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah. All right. This next question might bump into that. Then, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Don't say Barney. Don't say it. Nah, it wasn't. Uh, Gullah Gullah Island. Gilligan's Island. Gullah Gullah Island. Gullah Gullah Island. What the fuck is that? Okay, let me educate you. Let me educate you one time, Caucasian guy. So, <clears throat> Gullah Gullah Island. This uh, TV show it came on Nick Jr. And okay, fun fact too. So I didn't even know it at the time, but Gullah Gullah Island was like this black family. And they had this yellow frog, dude. Uh, but you know, was it a cartoon? No, nah, it was no, nah, it was like people. Okay, you know? okay. But the frog was like somebody in the costume. But anyways, though, it was it was based on the uh, the culture, the uh, African culture here in Charleston, uh, like the Gullah Geechee people. And I didn't know that at the time. Gullah Gullah Island was like a uh, a real location, you know. I just saw the TV show, so I moved here, and ironically, you know, I'm educating myself, man. And uh, yeah, freaking. Uh, that's what it was about, and so uh, dang. Okay, that's, like, that's a small world. That's crazy, but yeah. Though, I, mean, I was, I was born. Man. I was born eighty one, bro. So I don't know any. I don't know that Nick Junior shit. I ain't. I ain't judging, man. Yeah, I, I know. Judging. I know you love me. You man. had it. You had the TV back then. Back then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything was. Everything was black and white. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, only time I saw TV growing up was at my grandma's house, man. That was it. Yeah. Shit. But yo, man, I, I appreciate you doing the show, dude. Hey, man, thank you for the opportunity, man. It's uh, it's dope that you're doing this, man. It's uh, this is gonna help you make scenes. I'm actually, yeah, it's definitely, man. Hey, man, Chief, we're working on Chief right now. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man. So, yeah, man. Was, hey, man, was good. tell the family I said hey. For sure, I man. Tell I, 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 hey, man. I will, dude. I'll consider uh, making another trip out to Minot, but I doubt it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry. <laughs> I get hate on if you don't, dude. <laughs> I need to go. I need to go down south, man. All right, man. So everybody, thanks for listening. Peace out. Veterans with Benefits is 100% organic and cruelty free. The show is produced by Low Cash Productions, written and directed by Roland Spurbeck. If you or anyone you know is in crisis, please call the Veteran Crisis Line at 855. 855- 521-1317.